Baringo County is partially an arid and semi-arid county located in Kenya's Rift Valley region. It is home to Lake Baringo, Bogoria and Lake 94, part of the flooding Rift Valley lakes. Lake Baringo is one of the two freshwater lakes in the Rift Valley, fed by three tributaries, River Molo, River Pekera and Endau Rivers. It is home to over 470 species of birds. The saline and alkaline Lake Bogoria lies just south of Lake Baringo. It is home to one of the world's largest population of lesser flamingos. Lake Bogoria Elam Society is also famous for geysers and hot springs. The Lake Bogoria National Reserve has been a protected area since the early 70s. Lake 94 is a fresh water lake that started after the El Nino in the 1990s as a swamp but has gotten bigger over time. Over the years, all the lakes have increased their surface areas by over 10 kilometers square. According to the displaced communities, the water levels started rising steadily since 2013. Hello and welcome. This is your weekly Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Bogwa. Today we are in Baringo County in Kenya's Rift Valley. We are talking to the persons affected by the flooding of Rift Valley Lakes one year later. But before we do, just a quick reminder that this episode is part of the ongoing Mental Health and Climate Impact Series. This series has been made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists. The 2020 Baringo County Multi-Agency Post-Floods Assessment Report says that floods displaced approximately 1,027 households in four Baringo counties. More than 85 are persons living with disabilities and older persons. But the Baringo Directorate of Disaster Risk Management puts the number at approximately 3,000 in 87 households displaced after the rising waters damaged their homesteads. The total damage on housing and shelter is estimated at 1.2 billion Kenya shillings. High rainfall upstream in Mao Highlands, Timboroa Highlands, Tugan Hills and Nyandarua Highlands caused Molo, Pekera and Edao rivers to swell, sending high water runoff downstream to Baringo County, resulting in swelling up of the three lakes. Samuel Mutai, the Baringo County Meteorological Department Director, told the Africa Climate Conversations that Lake Baringo, Bogoria, and Lake 94 catchment areas upstream have been receiving excess rainfall since June 2019. Actually, month ending 1998, yeah, it was a depressed season. Rainfall started picking up from May 2019. Okay. So the season June, July, August 2019 was very wet and it continued into OND 2019, which was also very wet. 2020, the climatology year, it is normally dry between December and March, it is normally dry. But we had some rainfall within that period. And then there was hardly onset of the season, mom 2020, it also continued into, 20, into JJA 2020. Yes. So we have been having between 2019, JJA, up to now, it has been what? Mm. And that may have been for the, the water levels in the lakes. But this is not the first time. 
Jeremiah Chapterim, a 76-year-old father of seven from Nganyen village, says back in the 60s, the water levels rose, but it did not come close to the 2020 levels. Historia Ibari, I remember historically, just once, when I was a young man, there was a drought in 1959. In 1960, July 30th, it rained. I remember very well as it was the first time we received rain that year. From 30th July 1960, it rained for three years, 1961, 1962, and 1963 during the Kenyan independence. It rained for those three years until almost 1964 when it stopped. Let's say it stopped at the end of 1963. The water levels went very high and the lake swelled, but it did not come close to this level. It did not come close to the current water levels at the lake. Not at all. No one even got hurt. Only one foreigner who had a fishing business. He had built close to the lake and his factory was affected by the floods. He had to move to higher grounds and rebuild. What I'm telling you is that this lake has never swelled this high. We are astonished and wondering what was happening this time. We have asked our elders, even them, don't have any recollection of it swelling more than it has now. This one is historical. No one has seen it before and we don't know when it rains next, how far it will go. Cheptirim mm. has been displaced three times since 2018. His 30-acre farm has been entirely submerged. Over the years, he has lost 30 cows, 16 goats, and 24 ships to pneumonia and crocodiles. Together with his 71-year-old wife and five grandchildren, he has been squatting in a tent at the edge of the neighbor's land. He told the Africa Climate Conversations that apart from visitors collecting information, he has not had anyone offer help, including the government. Since 2018, the weather changed a lot. The lake filled up due to heavy rains that fell on the mountains and upper sides of Molo where rivers feeding the lake have their source. When this happened, the lakes overflew. The rains pushed us out of the first home and we had to build a second home at the mid of the farm. In 2019, it was still raining, the lake was still swelling up and again the water pushed us away. We fled again, the third time. Now the water has come extremely close to the house, just a few yards away. I have been planning to vacate again. We haven't seen anyone come to help, but at some point, the district officer and the chief came, asked us a few questions, and collected information when we were still at the last house, but we haven't seen them or anyone return. The church has been helping with foodstuff, but we haven't seen anyone come to gift us iron sheets or any building materials, but we have seen many people come to collect information.
maneno tu ndio tunapokea tu oh, poleni tutachukua robotieni so hakuna msaada while jeremiah and a thousand of others depend on well wishes relatives friends for shelter and food 150 households live in tents at the county land allocated for an airstrip now with the floods four health facilities have been completely submerged the baringo county health department says it requires over 51 million shillings to recover the multi agency post floods assessment report identifies the need for intervention to address the affected population's psychosocial needs rebecca lapoya a 37 year old mother of seven told the africa climate conversations occasionally they have received not just financial support but also psychosocial self help africa came at the end of february this year they gave us 25000 kilograms maize 5 kilograms of beans 1 and 1/2 liters cooking oil and salt per household for two months in february and march this year they told us their donor would only assist us for two months hence that help is already stopped they gave us cash transfers of 2000 kenya shillings per household during the same period the kenya red cross and the church have also been very supportive when red cross came for the first time distributing the tents they cancelled us they told us to accept our situation so that life becomes simpler the church too came and told us that there's nothing impossible with god self help africa too cancelled us when they came distributing food as they noted the majority of us were stressed the counseling has been helpful because when we came we had challenges accepting that we would have to live in tents we felt afraid to interact with the neighbors as we felt like they would be looking down upon us this is because we felt like living in a tent people would despise us and see us amongst the poorest adjusting was hard and disturbing of course we are somehow looked down upon and because those who have managed to leave the tents bought land and started a new life labeling us refugees but anyway what do we do we have to accept the situation because if we do how do we survive and for sure we live in a tent unfortunately for those seeking shelter with relatives support has not been part of the menu Pauline Yator, a 30 a 50 year old mother of seven from Kambia Samaki, told the Africa Climate Conversations after floods she was unable to come to term with the ordeal that has completely submerged her house and displaced her family out of her 10 acre farm. She never received any counseling but turned to God for survival. Nona wakatiyo nilikuwa naama kwa hapa. Mimi nilikaa mwezi mbili You see when it flooded and I had to move out of my farm for two months I almost went mad I could not believe that this had happened to me it was a big shock I could not believe that the water had driven me out of my home I would walk to myself by the roadside I asked myself so many questions what will I do whom do I go to for help how will my children survive it was shocking and unbelievable For two months I was in shock and still in disbelief. I was scared if and how my children would survive. It was difficult, but I told myself God had made me survive. I said as long as I am alive, I was going to work and be content with whatever I got. That's how I have managed to survive. Someone's space is good, 
It's not like living at someone else's speeds. Where I live today, I buy not just drinking water, but everything else. When I was at my farm, I had water, firewood, all from my farm. My children have been heavily impacted. My daughter was a third-year nursing student at Baraton University. After she witnessed my nearly going insane, she offered to drop out so that her two siblings could at least get education and survive on what I was getting for food. She had a year and a half to final year, but she's now just home. I just said, it's okay. Maybe God someday will find us a help and she might go back. Yator might have found a solution to her mental health, but Tagosbator, a 70-year-old wife to Chepterim, says she still cannot sleep at night. Most nights I don't sleep. I have a lot of thoughts. In fact, nowadays I usually get a lot of uh, pain in my chest and I feel very cold at night. I am wondering how can I move? That is my biggest worry. I have been living in the tent for the past six months and it's really draining me because we might need around 100 to 300,000 to relocate even if we get the money today. That man will not be enough to buy us a plot and build us a house. There's no one who is ready to accommodate anyone in their land until you have money to buy the plot. All my land is already taken by the lake. Where I am now is someone's land. This is past my land. It is my neighbor's land. The multi-agency post-floods assessment report notes that waterborne diseases and infectious diseases are among the issues bothering the displaced persons. With Kenya experiencing the third coronavirus wave, Lapoya is afraid of respiratory infections such as pneumonia and asthma impacting children under five at the camp. We still live in a tent. The challenge is that during the day, the child can't sleep in because of the heat. During nights, it's very cold. Some don't have blankets. You see, Red Cross gives out only two blankets. Now, for a family of eight children, that is not enough. It's a challenge because in a household, you'll find seven to eight members without counting the husband. But anyway, life isn't as bad as alone the lake when our homes were flooded. Then we were afraid of the crocodiles. It was too cold for the children, especially early in the morning and evenings because of the lake. Here at the tents, the major challenge is the mosquitoes. We had the health ministry give us 80 tents, but we are 150 households. Hence, they're not enough. The long rains are almost starting. We are terrified our children will suffer from pneumonia and chest problems, given they don't have warm beddings. When flooding started, they suffered from pneumonia because of the cold. Yes, this place is sunny, but when it rains, won't the pneumonia infections come back? And not just pneumonia, but also malaria. That makes it two health risks at the same time. She is appealing to health volunteers to educate communities on how to protect themselves. You know there's corona now. We are afraid that if our children get infected with pneumonia, they will say it's corona. A mother might be afraid to take them to hospital. There's a challenge, a big challenge. I am trying to sensitize the members to go to hospital when a child has a chest problem, but people are really afraid. Sometimes during the cold season, we had an asthma outbreak. 
it's easy for children under five to get the asthma attacks again during this long rain season. I am appealing to anyone to come educate the community on how to survive during the long rains so that they know that if there is corona, life still goes on and they protect themselves. Since it was announced that everybody will be corona screened, no one goes to the hospital. People are afraid. It took time, but we finally started going to the hospital with the assumption that there would be no screening. But who knows about this third wave? Even for the current vaccination drive, people are reluctant. They are completely afraid. The Met Department wants of enhanced March-April-May rain season. Mutai says both the county and the catchment areas will receive enhanced rainfall, resulting in high water levels in the lake. Forecasting for the county for March, April, May, the long rainfall season 2021 is expected to be enhanced. It is expected to be more than the long-term average. In terms of distribution, it is expected to be evenly distributed. We are expecting big month in April and then in some areas, especially the highlands, rainfall is expected to go beyond the season to proceed in June. To monitor the flooding in the lake uh, region, you have to extend the monitoring into the catchment areas. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the Mount Complex as one of the catchments in the especially the, the Lake Paringo region for the Lake Bogoria, part of the Kajimen is the Nandarwa, the Lake Kipia Highlands, the River, the Pasekes, draining in that region. So the contribution of the flooding is from the rainfall performance in those areas. Because we are in the same region where rainfall is expected to be enhanced, so we expect a lot of surface runoff from those areas draining into the region. Unfortunately, Chepterim, living in constant fear of crocodile and hippopotamus attacks, has not received any information or advisory on what to expect. No, we haven't heard on the radio how the rain season will be. You know, they should tell us before the rains how the weather will be like and advise us on what to do before the rains. But now the government always advises us when already a disaster has hit. I told you the district officer came when my family was being pushed out of the third house. He told me to find means to relocate to safer grounds, but I was already making plans to move upper. Even this season, we haven't heard them give any warning unless I have missed out on the announcements. But I have heard on radio flooding warning on Tana River and Kisumu, but not here, unless maybe it's been said on radio while I am away, even during chief meetings. You know, chiefs and location heads really help us as they sensitize us. I have not heard them say anything about the weather, even from those forums. I am not apportioning blame to anyone. I just haven't heard. We attend, but they talk about other development issues. For now, Chapterim is planning to relocate again 
he has identified a piece of land on a safer ground. But has no financial means to construct a house, he depends on friends to raise slightly over 300,000 shillings to build and relocate. My fear yesterday, today, tomorrow, and every day is the wild animals like the hippopotamus and crocodiles. Hippopotamus defects right outside my livestock pen every day. I'm afraid they might kill my livestock. I also worry about how to relocate. I have gotten a safer place but I now have no means to build a house. You know, if you live in such a makeshift, it does not feel like living. A tent is cold. We are next to the lake. My worries are just the wild animals and how I will get money to build a home. We need at least 100,000 Kenya shillings to slightly above 300,000 to manage and at least to build a house. For now, I am talking to friends to help me get a safer place. If I get a few friends with a soft heart and willing to help me in a small way, I will appreciate. I have to move out of this place to a safer place. The water is only a few meters away from my door. It's a clear sign I need to find another place. Mm -hmm. Now join me again next week as we explore the impact the flooding has had on education. Remember, this series is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. You can access other episodes and many more by visiting our website www.africaclimateconversations.com or through Spotify, Apple, Google, or any other channel you access your podcast. You can also write to us via email through info at africaclimateconversations.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to receive a weekly newsletter by hitting the subscribe button on our website. Now, we are grateful to the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists, whose grant has made this series possible. Do not forget to join me this Thursday. I will be taking you to Morocco, home to the largest solar plant of its type globally, providing renewable energy to more than 2 million households for the Financing Change series. But until then, Koheri, my name is Sophie Bo. Thank you.